page. I'm in the Bronx studios in Greenville, South Carolina. So you can either listen or you can watch over on Facebook, participate with the show. Either way, college football playoff rankings will be coming out any second. Got Alex Wisnant back in uh, Clemson Mission Control. Alex, interrupt me, man. As soon as they start rolling these things out on ESPN, definitely want to see where we're at so we can be giving these to you real time. And then instant reaction after that, if you want to jump on the phone, 654-7627. That's 864-654-7627. We can chat about it. And you heard uh, Walt in the last show on Road Rage. Literally, uh, we're really keeping our eye on number five, right? Uh, We're all expecting Alabama to go down. It is going to be interesting to see how far Alabama goes down, by the way. Let's do it, man. Hit it. Uh, Oklahoma State at 25, Navy at 24, Virginia at 23, USC at 22, and App State at 21. So Virginia is ranked at 23. Well, Clemson will finally get that elusive and all-important top 25 opponent to be able to play uh, this weekend in the ACC championship game, 7.30 Saturday night up in Charlotte. Of course, Virginia is taking down Virginia Tech last weekend. Virginia Tech was ranked. They got knocked out and basically replaced, I think, right at number 23. More rankings, Mark. But, all right. Uh, Cincinnati at 20. Boise State at 19. Minnesota drops 10 spots to 18. Ooh. Memphis at 17. And Iowa at 16. So Memphis still the uh, top group of five school. Uh, Cincinnati, of course, losing and dropping a little bit. Cincinnati's still ahead of Appalachian State. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Uh, that whole group of five New Year's Six bowl bid is uh, out there and interesting to see. So it looks like Memphis has got the inside track on that if they can win again this weekend. But with Cincinnati ranked above App State, App State's going to be out. So pretty much... Uh, you got Boise State in there, too, but I think the winner of that Memphis-Cincinnati game will get that uh, group of six, New Year's six bowl invitation. And in all the bowl matches I've been seeing... Mark, more rankings. They, hit it. Uh, they're seismic, too. Notre Dame at 15, Michigan at 14, Oregon at 13. Alabama drops seven spots to 12. Ooh. And Auburn jumps up four spots to 11. Alabama down to 12. I am stunned. I really thought they'd find some way to keep them in the top 10, and then Alabama up to number 11. I like that seismic. Good call there. Uh, Loving the shows. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Penn State checks in at 10. All right. Yeah, Bama dropped down to 12 was shocking. Uh, Florida moves up to 9. Okay. There's no way Florida's the ninth best team in the country, but that's a whole that we can we can unpack that dur- later on during the show. Eight people in Florida at seven. Yeah, I know, crazy. That's to strange. Me. Very to strange. Me. Mm-hmm. So hey, we're, uh, we're we're getting the rankings, I guess, real time here as they're rolling out. Thank you guys for hanging in here with us. Uh, Mark Childress here. I'm in a studio in Greenville, South Carolina. We've got Alex Wisnett monitoring the rollout of the rankings. If you haven't heard or just joined Alabama, all the way down to number 12 in the rankings, lowest they've ever been. I'm assuming. Mark, Wisconsin has replaced Minnesota at number eight. Okay. Got Wisconsin up to eight. That's going to help Ohio State, and I think probably ensure that Ohio State stays at number one um, with the win this weekend coming up. I agree. So that's been that's been one of the big talks, right? Who's going to end up getting uh, number one or number two? Um, is there a possibility that LSU could pass Ohio State by beating Georgia? At num- you know, that will be the number four team. So uh, we'll have to see. Baylor checks in at seven, so that'll be at least a top, well, top seven matchup in the Big 12 championship game between Oklahoma and Baylor, and we will get the top six in just a moment. All right. Well, interrupt me uh, when we see him, and uh, this is the biggest 
you know, the biggest moment, I guess, of the rankings is who's going to be number five. And at this point, I think it's going to either be Oklahoma or Utah. Obviously, if Utah comes in at number five and uh, you would think that would give them the inside track on the top four spots, assuming LSU beats Georgia. But Oklahoma right there, too. I mean, Oklahoma could be at number six and have a chance to beat the seventh team, whereas I think you said Oregon was either 12 or 13. Again, all kinds of matchups, all kinds of ramifications. Going to be a really interesting championship game weekend. Got a number of rematches, of course. You've got Ohio State playing Wisconsin again. And Ohio State crushed Wisconsin earlier this season. Can they find a way to make that happen again? Uh, you got Memphis and Cincinnati playing one another again. All kinds of interesting stuff. And, of course, Oklahoma-Baylor, one of the craziest games of the year with Baylor getting that huge lead and just collapsing in the fourth quarter for Oklahoma to be able to come back and, uh, and take care of business there. So all kinds of interesting stuff here as we get into the top six. And Alex, just jump in. When we got the top six, man, interrupt me and uh, let me know what's going on. So, again, these Tuesday night shows are all kinds of fun now because we're literally coming on the air as the college football playoff rankings are being announced. So we can kind of uh, give this to you real time, and then we can react real time as well. So if you want to jump in on the phones, as soon as we're done with the rankings coming out, jump in and talk to me. 654-7627. I'll give you all of my feedback. I uh, would love to hear from you as well to see uh, what all you think and uh, what you think about the matchups coming up this weekend. What do you think about Clemson taking on Virginia? 29 point spread. And these spreads continue to come out. And my reaction to them is, you know, it used to be it used to be, come on now, it can't possibly be that high, right? But now I'm starting to see um, these spreads every week. And then Clemson covers almost every week as well, right? You saw the outrageous spread against uh, South Carolina, the largest one ever in the history of the series. Clemson covered that. Will Clemson be able to cover a 29-point spread against Virginia? And I'll be also interested to see, are you going to play the starters to the end this week? Against Virginia, even if you're way ahead, are you going to play them a little bit longer than normal? I mean, you're going to have three weeks off before the college football playoffs. Do you want to get them as many reps as you can possibly get in? And does that mean that the score might be run up higher? Or if you can get way ahead in the first half, you're going to let the backups play even more than usual because it is an ACC championship game and it's such a unique opportunity and experience for everybody. Do you want to try to get as many bodies as you can into the ACC championship game? It's going to be interesting. All right, so we've got Alex Wisnett back there. Uh, Alex, you got the top six rolling out? I do. We, they've actually done a little bit of reverse. They revealed the most interesting uh, rankings first. So Oklahoma is at six. Utah at 11-1, is at 5, and they revealed the top. You know, Georgia's still at 4, Clemson's still at 3. I expect the 2-1 the and one to remain the same, but still remains to be seen. All right, so we're now just down to the top two. And I guess the final Tuesday night college football playoff rankings will be done, of course, after the championship games this weekend. You will see uh, the last playoff rankings, the one that determined the four teams going to the playoffs, and then uh, the ramifications on all the bowl games from there. Those will come out on Sunday at noon. That's become much must-see TV for Clemson fans now for the fifth straight season. Clemson gets a win. They'll be the only the second team ever to be in five college football playoffs. Of course, Alabama in the first five. Clemson missed the first one, and then we'll be in five consecutive after that. So just some amazing things to keep our eyes on. And market, last, yes. market is the same at two and one. So LSU at two and Ohio State at one, as is, as is expected. 
I am not surprised. So, hey, if you've got any thoughts, feedback on what we're hearing here, 654-7627. Give me a call, 864-654-7627. We can chat about it. You know, it was interesting, uh, Walt Teptula on Road Rage as I was driving over to the studio. He legitimately said if Utah was not at number five that he was going to lose it. And he was going to yell so loud that you could hear him all the way down in Seneca. I kind of wanted to hear that. I kind of wanted to hear an angry Walt reacting to Utah being knocked down the playoff rankings. But uh, as it stands, Utah remains at number five, and I think that they should be there. So as it stacks up coming into this weekend, Ohio State will now be taking on Wisconsin, and uh, Wisconsin coming in now at number eight. So you have the number one team in the country taking on the number eight team in the country, at least as far as the college football playoff rankings go. That will settle the Big Ten uh, championship. The Big 12 championship will be between the number six team and number seven team in the country. That'll be between Oklahoma and Baylor. In the SEC, you're going to have LSU at number two, taking on Georgia at number four. And, of course, you've got uh, Clemson coming in at number three, taking on number 23, Virginia. Clemson finally gets the top 25 opponent that they can uh, try and pick off in the conference game uh, this weekend. And then, of course, uh, Utah in at number five. And I think you said uh, Oregon was at 12 uh, when we talked earlier. Um, That's still a good matchup also. And, of course, that's going to settle the Pac-12. And interestingly enough, you know, that Pac-12 game is going to be played on Friday night. So we're really going to know where the big game stood, at least the one that I feel like can have the biggest impact on, uh, on the weekend. We're going to know where everything stands going into Saturday. So if Utah were to lose that game, how does that impact uh, Oklahoma versus Baylor? I mean, the winner of that game at that point probably feels like they're going to get in. Now, if Utah wins, let's say Utah beats Oregon in a close game. You know, 24-21, something like that. Does Oregon or does Oklahoma or Baylor feel like, hey, man, we got to run it up? I mean, if we're up by seven, we got to win by 21. We got to win by 28. We've got to make a statement to try to get in there as the number four uh, position. So all kinds of interesting things uh, and ramifications that are going to roll out of this. Hey, if you want to get in on the phones, 864-654-7627. That's 654-ROAR. Again, 654-7627. Give me a call and we can chat it out. So college football playoff rankings are out. No surprises. We've been doing this every week leading up to this. There hasn't been that huge move in the top four or real big surprise at any point, I feel like. Uh, Maybe the biggest surprise of the entire college football ranking season was the first week where the committee put Clemson number five. Everybody in the country knew that was wrong. Everyone in the country knew that was wrong. Penn State, of course, loses that next week. Clemson has moved up uh, into the top four, and they will stay and remain there. So we're going to have a fantastic weekend of college football championship games. Are you excited about it? I mean, this is the best matchups of the season. There's still a lot of things in play for the college football playoffs. What is the one game that you're the most excited about watching? I mean, at this point, does it become the Utah game? And seeing what kind of message they can send on Friday night. Is everybody amped for the SEC championship game? If you're a Clemson fan, are you pulling for Georgia? Are you pulling for Georgia to take down LSU and stay in the top four? And that scenario I could really see where LSU drops to four, Clemson moves up to two, and Georgia moves up to three. If Georgia were to beat LSU, I think Georgia and LSU are, are Georgia and Clemson are probably playing in the first round of the playoffs and the semifinals. 
And there may be a good chance that that's in Atlanta. Could you imagine? Could you imagine a Clemson-Georgia matchup in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia? That'd be the best or the most valuable, most sought-after college football ticket in a long time. So all kinds of interesting ramifications, again, if you want to jump in, 654-7627. So, Alex, now that you've had a moment or two to kind of digest things here, uh, any thoughts from you on uh, the new college football playoff rankings? I don't know, Mark. I just keep going back to what, what we've discussed the past couple of weeks, especially with uh, Alabama, and would would they be affected, you know, uh, by the loss of Tua? Obviously they were because they lost to Auburn and Mac Jones didn't. They, he played okay, but he obviously didn't play well enough to beat uh, the Tigers on the Plains. Um, but what I said a couple weeks ago when Bama came out as five after the two injury kind of came to fruition. Um, the, the committee hesitated to drop them until they absolutely had to drop them when they didn't produce on the field. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened. I didn't think it was going to be all the way down to 12. I thought Bama might drop, you know, they might drop to like eight or you know, seven or whatever. But 12, 12, was a, 12 was a bow move. So actually I applaud the, I applaud the committee for that. Good on them. Yeah, I think I said earlier, uh, Oregon was at, thir- was at 12. Sorry, all this stuff's happening real time. Oregon is at 13. You've got Auburn right in front of Alabama at 12. But I agree. I mean, I felt like the committee was overly inflating Alabama. Now you're dropping Alabama below. You know, they're a two-loss team. Florida's a two-loss team. I mean, what has Florida done at nine, in your opinion, Alex, to deserve a top 10 ranking that Auburn or Alabama hasn't done? Now, I know Auburn's got three losses. They lost to Florida, right? But Alabama lost two games by a total of eight points, and you got Florida ranked above them? It's interesting. I don't know. You can't figure out this committee. I don't feel like this committee has been very constant at all throughout this entire thing. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with that, especially with Florida. Florida's done nothing all year to convince me that they're worthy of being a top-10 team. I mean, even all back, all the way back to week zero when they barely beat, a, obviously, underwhelming Miami team. There's nothing uh-huh. Florida has done in any of their games that has convinced me that they should be anywhere near the top ten. I mean, they should, they might be below Auburn and Auburn and Bama. My estimation, if you're really just looking at eye tests. So yeah, I, I agree with you on Florida, Mark. Yeah, it's going to be uh, all kinds of interesting. Again, the ramifications of it starting Friday night, rolling all the way through uh, Saturday evening. Of course, uh, a lot of you folks listening are going to do like I'm going to be doing, headed up to Charlotte to see the ACC championship game. Clemson taking on now 23rd ranked Virginia. The elusive top 25 opponent has finally landed for the Tigers. Uh, and what should be an interesting game, again, 29-point spread. We'll keep our eye on uh, how to make all of that work and uh, what it means for Clemson. I really don't think – I mean, I, I don't think even if Clemson were to win 66 to nothing that it's going to make any kind of impact as far as passing LSU or passing Ohio State. I think they're locked in at three in any scenario, even a scenario where they barely win the ACC championship game. I do not see them dropping. So it's kind of weird. I mean, Clemson obviously playing for a title, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this in the next segment, the significance of what Clemson is trying to achieve this weekend. It's something we've never seen before in college football, and it's big. I mean, you talk about the national championships, you talk about all the other bursts. There's all kinds of records that continue to fall for Clemson players and this Clemson team. A huge one to me, and one I've had my eyes on now for a couple of years, that could go down for Clemson. And uh, 
coming up this weekend up in Charlotte. But uh, I don't think Clemson has anything to play for from a playoff perspective. I don't think they can send a message. Uh, you know, Dabo had an interesting press conference today. We're going to talk about that in the next segment as well uh, to try and figure out uh, if he can help his team go a little bit higher. And again, I think you've got three great teams. And then that group of three right behind them all have some flaws. And if you can be ranked number one, it's a big advantage for you. It's a big advantage for you to play Utah. It's a big advantage for you to play Oklahoma. It's a big advantage for you to play Baylor instead of having to play Clemson, LSU, or Ohio State. So I think that's what uh, part of what you know Dabo's messaging was today. If uh, Alabama had Clemson's resume right now, would Alabama be ranked number three behind LSU and behind Ohio State? I don't think they would be. I think that was the point Dabo was trying to make today. All right, so uh, let's take a break. Coming up, we'll continue to talk about college football playoffs. Got a couple of callers on hold. We will get to you as well. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. This is the Mark Childress Show. Savings continue at George Coleman Ford, where trucks cost less and travelers rest. Listen to this. A 2019 F-150 XL with 20-inch wheels and Sync 3 system. MSRP is $44,035. George Coleman Ford has it at just $31,950. That's savings, people. Never any hidden fees. Just top-rated customer satisfaction for nearly 90 years. George Coleman Ford. Must finance with Ford Motor Credit. Offer good through 1-2-2020. Just as soon as you put your leftovers up for Thanksgiving, the holiday has begun. Make sure your carpets and upholstery look as sparkling as your decorations this season with Zero Res. Zero Res makes sure you leave your carpets and upholstery like new. Mention my name, Mickey Plyler, and get three rooms of carpet cleaned for just $119. For Zero Res Carpet and Air Duct Cleaning, call 864-558-7300 or book online at ZeroResGreenville.com. Zero Res, spell it backwards or forwards, it's the right way to clean. You work hard for your money, and Realtor Rivers Whitmire is here to work hard for you. He knows that buying or selling a home or property is a big decision that needs guidance, experience, and knowledge from an expert in the real estate field. Rivers is a local who has deep roots in the upstate and a proud Clemson fan. Whether you're ready to buy, sell, or just have real estate questions, call Rivers today at 864-752-5545 and check out his Facebook page at Rivers Whitmire Realtor today. Most demolition projects throughout the upstate generate large sums of concrete waste. When demolition waste enters the S.H. Carter Recycling Facility, it's sorted, processed, and turned into materials that are both eco-friendly and cost-effective. Recycled crusher run, fill dirt, screen topsoil, mulch, and 3-inch surge stone are all available for purchase. Visit shcarterinc.com or call for more information, 864-295-3943. That's 864-295-3943. 
Have you searched all over for your family's vehicle and can't find it on the lot? With the largest selection of Nissans in the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is sure to have what you need in stock and ready to drive off the lot today. Proudly serving the upstate, Granger Nissan of Anderson is a proud partner of the Clemson Tigers and home with a lifetime powertrain warranty on all new vehicles. Conveniently located at 3510 Clemson Boulevard in Anderson and only 25 miles from Greenville and online at GrangerNissanofAnderson.com. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Again, to the Mark Childress Show. Again, this is episode number 34. Thank you all for being here. If you're listening in your car right now, listening on the Roar's app or on the Roar.radio on your internet browser, you can head on over to Facebook, to the Roar's Facebook page. I am sitting in a studio in Greenville, South Carolina called Prox Studios. They have a great setup here. Enjoy uh, doing the show from here. Uh, we've got Alex Wisnett back in uh, Mission Control in Clemson. College football rankings are out. What are your thoughts on those? Give me a call, 654-7627. That's 864-654-7627. No big shockers at the top. I did see that uh, Cynthia Gilstrap on Facebook is saying what I think we're all starting to, to try and get our arms around. I really think it's looking now like it's going to be a Clemson-LSU matchup in the semifinals. For the college football playoffs, assuming everything goes chalk this weekend, and I think a lot of us are thinking that it is. And uh, Ohio State, I'm hearing mixed things about Ohio State, right? If it's Ohio State-Utah, if it's Ohio State-Baylor, are they going to go out to Phoenix and play that game or not? There's a lot of Ohio State alumni out in Phoenix. Uh, Do they feel like it will be a disadvantage for Ohio State to play a Utah or an Oklahoma or a Baylor in Phoenix? Would they rather send them to Atlanta? It just seems like it would be a shame to miss out on the opportunity to have LSU take on Clemson in Atlanta. A a ball game that would sell, you could sell 200,000 tickets for if you wanted to. Whereas if you send those two teams out to Phoenix, I'm sure there'll be a ton of tickets sold, but uh, not quite as many, I don't think. Uh, Especially for Clemson fans who have been traveling Again, I mean, what a terrible first world problem to have. I've been going to so many college football playoff games. I don't know if I can afford to go again this year. That's where Clemson fans are at right now. But it's real. I mean, especially for the folks that went out to the West Coast last year, between the tickets and the overpriced hotels out there, the big-time airfare to get from the Southeast all the way out to San Francisco. I mean, you're shelling out four, or $5,000, seven, 8000 sometimes to go out and see the Tigers play. So selfishly, I think a lot of you are thinking the same way I'm thinking. Can we get the Tigers in Atlanta somehow? And I've seen conflicting reports that have come out. I've seen that the committee would want Ohio State to be in Atlanta to play one of the three teams that they might be able to play because 
you know, Columbus, I guess, would be a little bit closer to Atlanta than it would be for the other teams. Who knows how they're going to make the decision? But, man, I really think that uh, an Atlanta matchup would be the way to go. So, Cynthia, I'm with you. I'm starting to get my head around Clemson playing LSU. And, by the way, bring it on. LSU does not have much of a defense. I would love to see Brent Venables have three weeks to prepare to slow down Joe Burrow. Because I don't think LSU is slowing down Clemson. They haven't slowed down anybody all season. Clemson's going to get their points. Can Venables find a way to trap Burrow into making some mistakes and to stop that LSU offense a couple of times? If he can do that, Clemson rolls on to the finals, which I think is going to happen. So all kinds of interesting things uh, to do there. Hey, Austin Noble's jumping in on Facebook now as well. It's a good question. What do you think of the comments being made by ESPN saying Clemson will make the playoff if they lose or win this Saturday after all season saying Clemson had to win out to make it? Well, first of all, don't want to have that scenario happen where Clemson loses. Let's go right down the line. Alex, you tell me if you disagree with me on any of these. I think if uh, Ohio State loses to Wisconsin, Ohio State's still going to the college football playoff. Do you agree with me on that? I do agree with you, yes. I I mean, unless they get blown out and Justin Fields gets hurt, I mean, I think there's a scenario where they could potentially be out. But I think this is a free pass game for Ohio State. If LSU loses to Georgia, I think LSU remains in the college football playoff. Do you agree with that? I do agree, yes. Okay, so we're two for two. So here's the question Austin's asking. If Clemson loses to Virginia this weekend, does Clemson still make the college football playoffs? I think it depends on a couple of things, okay? If Ohio State and LSU win and Clemson loses, I actually think that helps them because Georgia would have a second loss, so I think they would be dropped down. The loser of Oklahoma... And Baylor will have a second loss, so they're going to drop down. So if you want the scenario where, quote, Clemson still gets in with a loss, I think you're pulling against Utah this weekend. I think if Utah were to lose the Pac-12 championship game, Clemson's going to be in regardless. Because Utah would have a second loss. Uh, Literally, there'd only be a couple of one-loss teams left in the country. You'd only have two. So I think Clemson would probably drop down to four. And the winner of the Oklahoma-Baylor game would move up to three, or or Clemson could potentially lose and stay at three. What do you think, Alex? Am I off base on this? No, I think think that's the exact scenario that would have to play out if Clemson were to stay in the playoff with with a loss. I think anything else happens. If Utah wins the Pac-12 championship and Clemson loses, I I, I can't see any way that Clemson stays in just with with the lack of resume that they have, which has been the conversation in, you know, much of this week. I think if you match them up against uh, Oklahoma, yes. But if you put them up against Baylor, a one-loss Clemson team versus a one-loss Baylor team, that it'd be, they'd beat in Oklahoma, yes. But, I mean, does Clemson's reputation get them in? I, I mean, if that was an Alabama team over Baylor, Alabama would get in every time, right? I think that's what Dabo's been talking about a little bit. So I think maybe matching Clemson up against Baylor. So I know there's all kinds of nuances and weirdness here, but I think if Utah were to lose on Friday night, Clemson could lose on Saturday and still get in. But we're not going to talk about that. We don't want to put those things out in the out in the world, right? We're not talking about a loss this weekend. We're talking about Clemson rolling on into the playoffs, absolutely as it should be. So again, hey, you're listening to the Mark Childress Show. Uh, if you're listening in your car, on the app, 
or on the Roar.Radio on your uh, internet browser. Come on over to Facebook, man, and uh, leave some comments over there. It's an easy way to engage with the show. The Roar's Facebook page uh, has us rolling here now, and a couple people on Facebook disagreeing with me that Clemson would be out. Again, I think if Utah wins, Clemson might or would likely be out, but if Utah loses, there would only be two one-loss teams remaining in the entire country, the winner of the Oklahoma-Baylor game and Clemson. So you would be then talking about putting a two-loss team into the college football playoff over Clemson, and a two-loss team has never made the college football playoff. So I think Clemson would still stay in if Utah were to lose. So we will figure all of that out. So a couple of other questions in here. Alex, did you hear all the stuff about uh, Ryan Helensky today for South Carolina? If you're referring to his injury, yes, I did. And that's, that's kind of crazy, if you ask me. Yeah, so there's all kinds of conflicting reports coming out uh, that Helensky uh, has some knee issues. I've seen two different port reports. One was that he has a problem with his meniscus, and he's got to go in and get it cleaned up. Uh, another report from a very respected organization said it was a meniscus and a torn ACL, and he has to have a little bit more extensive surgery on that. Um, then there were some questions about the timing of the injury. Has he been playing with it for a while during the season, and has South Carolina not been forthcoming about it? Did it happen in the Clemson, I mean, I know his knee was bothering him coming into the Clemson game, but it was very clear after that hit he took, I believe in the second quarter of the Clemson game, that his knee got significantly worse and he was having a lot of trouble with it. So I don't know if there's really any room to speculate at this point, but I don't think there's any scenario. I believe Holinsky's parents came out and said that the treatment's been great and everything's been handled fine. I mean, the initial reaction was... The coaching staff's covered it up. They've been putting wins ahead of his health and things like that. I have not seen anything to back that up other than just wild speculation and opinion. Alex, what say you? Well, I'm looking at an article from ABC Columbia. It says uh, sources confirmed ABC Columbia Tuesday that Gamecock quarterback Ryan Holinsky suffered small tears in his ACL and meniscus. Uh, He received an MRI yesterday, which confirmed the tears and will likely have surgery this week. Uh, according to this source that ABC Columbia is using, uh, he suffered injuries actually against Georgia, which is what I was going to ask. You know, are these do these injuries go all the way back to the Georgia game? Because of course he got hurt in that game uh, as well. Yeah, and again, you can play with knee injuries. Deshaun Watson beat South Carolina with a torn ACL, and again he met with the doctors. The doctor said that if you wore a particular kind of brace in the game, that he could not do any further damage to the knee, and he came out. Played, I mean, started the six-game streak, right? And that's what he came to, to Clemson to do. That was one of his goals was to never lose to South Carolina. He never did, by the way, 3-0. There you go. Um, and he played with a, a, an ACL. So I, I think there's precedent for going out there and playing with it. I'm still not hearing anything there where someone is saying the doctors recommended that Ryan not play or Ryan didn't want to play and the coaching staff made him. We're not hearing anything like that, right? No, I don't. I don't believe so. Uh, and just kind of uh, adding on to that, yeah. Uh, South Carolina, the actual university, uh, confirmed the meniscus tear, but referred to the report of an ACL tear as, and I quote, erroneous was was the word that they used. Um, so the jur- the jury's still out on the ACL tear. Um, but I can tell you just from watching that game, and actually I was watching with family, and I had some I had some cousins that I was watching with that are kind of like, yeah, Helensky doesn't doesn't quite look right. I also thought it was kind of weird that. On basically every offensive play, he had to you had to kind of half jog over the sideline just to get the play. That that seemed a little strange that you would do that if you you know if you knew that your quarterback 
was dealing with knee issues, so I, I just thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're, you're saying. And again, that was an intentional strategy by South Carolina. They wanted to, number one, I think they wanted to milk some clock and make the game as short as possible. But they did not want to give Brent Venables the opportunity to react to the defensive alignment, which is something that we've seen teams have a little bit of success with in the past. In fact, whoever Clemson plays in the playoffs, and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some of this from Virginia, where you just walk up to the line and immediately snap it and try to not let Clemson make those adjustments on the fly. Because if you go out there and stand in your formation and you stand there for 15 seconds while everybody's getting settled and you're getting the, the blocking schemes right and everything, and Brent Venables has a chance to adjust, lights out. It's not going to work. It hasn't worked for years. It's not going to suddenly start working. So I think that was part of it is they wanted him to come over there and then come back. So... And then they, they didn't do hurry-up snaps, but they would get up there and snap it fairly quickly almost every time to try to kind of catch Clemson napping. And guess what? It didn't work either. Nothing's working against this Clemson defense. Is, is this not the story of the year for the Clemson Tigers? It's the performance of this defense? What's, what say you, Alex? I mean, I remember doing all the pregame shows early this season. All summer long, we were speculating, what are you going to do losing the Power Rangers? Losing probably one of the best defensive lines in the history of college football. How is Clemson going to be able to make do with it? Statistically, in a lot of categories, the defense is better this year. What do you think, Alex? Story of the year for this ti- the Tigers? Yeah, I certainly think it is for the reasons you pointed out, Mark. Uh, of course, I did an internship uh, with, with the World for doing more full-time stuff here over the summer. And that the offense was all we were talking about because they were bringing back so much <laughs> star power on offense. They were bringing back Travis Etienne. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is coming yep. back. All the receivers are coming back. A lot of the offensive line is coming back. So it was how, how the, the, the questions were all surrounding, you know, how many points or how many touchdowns is this offense going to score? And really, the, obviously, the offense has, has done, done its fair share, believe me. But, but the defense, even though they lost, obviously, a lot of star power, especially on the defensive line, you know, as a, as a unit, I would argue they performed better this year than they, than they did last season. I think I think no one could have seen that coming coming into this year. But Venables is the man, apparently. Yeah, you know, there, there's a couple of, of nuances to that. I mean, obviously they don't have as many sacks. I don't think this season from the defensive line uh, as they had last year, but that was almost impossible to do. You know, Clemson's blitz rate is significantly higher this year than it's been in a couple of seasons for Clemson. And again, it's utilizing the personnel that you have. I mean, Clemson didn't need to blitz a lot in the last couple of seasons because that defensive line was so formidable. Man, they're bringing people from everywhere this year, and it's been working. And are they going to continue that in the postseason? I would assume so. That leaves you open and a little bit vulnerable to like an LSU defense with a, with a Joe Burrow back there who might be able to see a blitz coming and make a reaction that some of these other quarterbacks haven't been able to make. But uh, I think it's the story of the year for the Clemson Tigers as you look at the 12-0 and and uh, you look at the season, second straight undefeated season, 27 wins in a row. Some incredible stuff there. So, hey, uh, Matthew Webster jumping in on Facebook. I talked about this a little bit uh, earlier in the segment, Matthew, but when Clemson and LSU meet in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl again, I, I think both fan bases would prefer to play in Atlanta. I mean, playing in Atlanta, LSU's going to be playing in Atlanta here uh, on Saturday. It's a place that they're used to going and that they're comfortable with instead of both fan bases having to go all the way out to Phoenix. I mean, that's not quite as far, obviously, for uh, the, the fans from LSU. And I expect, if the game's in Phoenix, I expect LSU fans to outnumber Clemson fans. 
for a couple of reasons. Number one, they're closer. Number two, LSU's never been in the playoffs. I mean, this is the first time. So all of these fans that have never had the opportunity to go are going to be lining up, fighting for tickets. Clemson's going now for the fifth consecutive season. They've played, what, seven playoff games already. This will be playoff game number eight for Clemson Nation now in five years. And I know they'll show out, man. I'm not saying Clemson fans aren't going to show up. They're going to show up and show up in droves. But I think that'll be a 60-40, 65-35 LSU split if they play it out there. So selfishly, I'd like to see them in Atlanta. And, uh, Matthew, I've seen conflicting reports in both directions that the committee wants to send Ohio State to Phoenix because they have a huge fan base there. And it's not all that much farther to Phoenix from uh, Columbus, I don't think, than it is from Columbus to Atlanta. I mean, I know it's farther, but it's not significant. Um, And they may want to play out there depending on the opponent that they get matched up with. So plenty to take a look at there. Hey, I want to tell you about a uh, new sponsor here on the Mark Childress Show that we've had for the last couple of weeks, our friends at George Coleman Ford. George Coleman Ford started in 1930. Almost 90 years that they have been in business. It's the fourth generation is now a part of the business. Multiple Ford Presidents Club winners. Regularly top-rated customer service. Go to Google. Go to Yelp. Look at all the uh, reviews that people are putting in, and you'll be blown away with how highly rated George Coleman Ford is. They also never have any added or hidden fees when you buy from them. A lot of dealerships that you go to, they have dock fees, all these little add-ons. You see a price out on the car, and then you've got to add on this fee and then another fee. And you add three or four more fees. By the time you're uh, you're said and done, you're hundreds of dollars or even thousands of dollars higher than the price on the car. George Coleman Ford, the price is the price. They're not going to give you any additional fees. It's not all that unusual for customers to come from hours away for two things, to either buy a car at George Coleman There are customers that come from hours away to get their cars serviced at George Coleman because of how well they're treated. And a lot of that is that the staff has been there forever. Sales, service, parts have been with the Coleman family for many years. Cars cost less and travelers rest. Go and check out my friends at George Coleman Ford or go to georgecolemanford.com if you are looking for a pre-owned car. College football talk is going to continue in the next segment. We'll also be uh, doing our high school football playoff report with my buddy Mike Vaughn. Can't wait for that coming up. This is the Mark Childress Show. Jumping like a dog on fishing Truck savings continue at George Coleman Ford, where trucks cost less than travelers rest. Listen to this. A 2019 F-150 XLT with two-tone paint and navigation system. MSRP is $50,435. George Coleman Ford has it at $15,000 off for just $35,435. That's savings, people. Never any hidden fees. Just top-rated customer satisfaction for nearly 90 years. George Coleman Ford. Must finance with Ford Motor Credit. Offer good through 1-2-2020. SH Carter Development is a licensed, full-service demolition contractor here to serve the upstate. With 50 years of experience in residential, industrial, and commercial building demolition, their staff meets deadlines while maintaining strict safety requirements. Before you start your demolition project, contact SH Carter for a free project estimate. Their staff will guide you through pre-project planning and scheduling 
site preparation, dismantling, and asset recovery. Visit shcarterinc.com or call 864-295-3943. The holidays are here, so get your car ready to take the trip home to see the family and celebrate with My Garage. Don't wait until the last minute to get your tires rotated or oil changed. Make your appointment today and check it off your list early this year. My Garage wants to take the stress of the holiday season away with great service and happy car rides. Call 633-5800 to make your appointment or visit 551 Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. Spots will fill quickly. With thousands of real estate agents in the upstate, it can be overwhelming to choose someone that's trustworthy, knowledgeable, and honest. No need to look further. Realtor Rivers Whitmire is here to go to work for you. A devoted Clemson fan with close ties to the upstate, Rivers is here to make the most of your time and money to get you exactly what you want or need. Give him a call today for a free in-home market analysis, no strings attached. Rivers is here to go to work for you. Call today, 864-752-5545. At Big O Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, we're all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And part of that means showing support for our military. That's why we offer a $500 military discount to active or retired service members. It's our way of saying thank you for all you do. Whether you're looking for a car, SUV, minivan, or truck, we've got a huge inventory of quality new and pre-owned models for you to choose from. Visit us online at BigOdodge.com or come see us in Greenville under that big American flag on the motor model. Military discounts on select models only. The vault in downtown Greenville has the coolest retro fan apparel. Throwback gear from over 200 teams, NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and over 100 NCAA teams. Local gear from the Greenville Drive and Swamp Rabbits, as well as defunct teams like the Greenville Braves. You'll find something you'll love at the vault. Learn more at vaultretrosports.com and find us on Facebook and Instagram. Call 864-373-9163. The Vault, 213 North Main Street in downtown Greenville. And now, back to the Mark Childress Show on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Childress Show. College football playoff rankings are out. If you are just joining us, just getting in your car, just hopping on Facebook with me, no changes at the top. You've got Ohio State number one. You've got LSU number two. Coming in at number three, your Clemson Tigers. Number four, the Georgia Bulldogs, followed by Utah at five, Oklahoma at six, and then Baylor is at seven. So really you're down to seven teams now for four slots. And they will uh, duke it out this weekend and uh, figure it all out on the field and championship weekend. And then we will have our top four teams. Okay, if there is one consistent on the Mark Childress show, it's that I'm going to make mistakes. I do it on a regular basis. And I've already made one tonight. So Doug Alexander jumping in on Facebook. And again, I'm a little nuanced here. But I said it wasn't that much further from Columbus all the way out to Phoenix, or Glendale, um, as it is from Columbus to Atlanta. Columbus to Atlanta is 567 miles. Columbus to Glendale, 1,800 miles. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot further. But, again, interesting to see how they want to all handle it, right? I mean, 
Do you want to go out and play in Phoenix? Would you rather play out there for reasons that we don't understand? Again, I have heard that they have a massive alumni base out in Phoenix and that they would love to go down there and play instead of coming down to Atlanta. So it would be a really weird situation to me. Let's say it's Ohio State, Utah. Ohio State, Utah is going to be played in Atlanta. So Utah's got to travel all the way across the country. Ohio State's got to go 600 miles. And then you're going to take Clemson and fly them all the way out to Glendale and LSU all the way out to Glendale. So I get it. Could it be an advantage to be in Atlanta? Yes. But when you look at the NCAA, you look at the FCS playoffs that they have right now. Furman and Wofford were in this. They do a really good job, at least in the early rounds, of making the games regional. They don't want teams to have to fly all over the country if they don't want to. College basketball tournament, especially on the women's side. You see it on the men's side now as well. They used to just send teams all over the country and didn't care. Now they really try to keep as many teams as possible in their region of the country to limit travel. College football playoff committee could do it exactly backwards. Utah would have to travel all the way, what, an hour and a half away from from, uh, Clemson to play in Atlanta, and Clemson would have to go all the way out to Glendale, which is a heck of a lot closer for Utah. It's just interesting the way that it all shakes out and uh, something worth keeping our eye on because, as we said, probably a lock that Clemson remains at uh, number three regardless of how uh, everything rolls out here, maybe even with the loss. We can unpack that a little bit more coming up. But it is now time for, we call it the hitch and pitch. It's the college, it's the high school football reports with my good friend Mike Vaughn. Mike, man, how you doing? Great, Mark. Great to be with you tonight during championship week. Let's go. What you got for me, man? So uh, we've got a couple of local teams, right? I mean, there were some incredible, incredible games, I guess, in the uh, upper state finals last week. And uh, we've got a couple of teams uh, trying to go for it all this weekend. So walk us through it. That's right. We got uh, Chapman, Wren, and Dorman. And uh, also Saluda we'll talk about here. But uh, some great action in the upper state finals last week. Hey, I tell you what, we're just going to start at 1A and work our way all the way up, Mark. Uh, real briefly here in the 1A category, Ridge Spring Mineta knocked off Wagner Sally. Green Sea Floyd's down near Florence, I guess near the state line, took out Lakeview. So you'll have the Ridge Spring Mineta Trojans up against the Green Sea Floyd's Trojans in the <laughs> 1A championship. Green Sea Floyd's is the returning state champion, so that's going to be a big matchup in the 1A category. Of course, that's Friday night. This Friday night, 8 o'clock at Benedict College. Next up in the two-way classification, the big upset last week, the Saluda Tigers travel up to Height Stadium in Abbeville and take out the Abbeville Panthers. You know, we had talked about they had lost eight straight matchups against Abbeville, but Saluda pulls off the win 32-28 under head coach Stuart Young. The Tigers are now 12-3. Mark, you've got to go all the way back to 1962 and 1963 when the Saluda Tigers last won state titles here in South Carolina. But they're going to face a powerhouse, the Barnwell War Horses, under head coach Dwayne Garrick. They roll in this week at 15-0. They also have had a little bit of a drought. Their last visit to the state championship, back-to-back wins, in 87 and 1988. So this will be a big one. This one is 5 o'clock this Friday night at Benedict College. 
jumping up to the 3A category. Chapman Panthers under head coach Mark Hodge. They continue to roll, taking out the Camden Bulldogs last Friday night, 63-27. to I tell you what, the Panthers are in at 14-0. Got a chance to meet head coach Mark Hodge yesterday at the championship press conference. The South Carolina High School League did a great job. They held this at the Founders Zone at Williams-Brice Stadium. Got to see a lot of old media friends and uh, was real impressed with Coach Mark Hodge. He spoke highly of his senior quarterback, Michele Colasurdo. I've been working on that name all season. Of course, he was named as a a Shrine Bowl quarterback. He has completed 69% of his passes this year for um, 2,855 yards. That's over 200 yards per game. He'll also be looking for big action from senior running back Dante Smith, who averaged almost 130 yards a game. Uh, Chapman has won one previous state title that I could find back in 2016. They're going to face up against a juggernaut, the Dillon Wildcats, under head coach Jackie Hayes. They took out May River last week, 35-28. to Dillon has won six state titles since 2009. They've had three straight appearances, one in 2017, and they were runners-up to Chester last year. So Chapman... We'll have a big task ahead of them, but we'll see what Coach Mark Hodge and the Panthers can pull off. Mark, are you ready to jump up to 4A? Yeah, let's do it, man. And again, this is Mike Vaughn, at Mike V from SC on Twitter. If you want to keep up to date on all of these games real time coming up this weekend, I know uh, you'll be able to help him out. But all things high school football right now, he can keep you up to date on. So, yeah, let's do 4A and 5A. Mark, so... uh, uh, So excited about the Wren Hurricanes making their first ever appearance in the 4A state title game. Head coach Jeff Tate yesterday talked about the blessing that it is to coach these young men. And I tell you what, it's going to be exciting to see them face up against Myrtle Beach, who is another powerhouse from the lower state. Wren defeated Ridgeview last week 34-19. Senior quarterback Joe Owens has passed for almost 4,200 yards this season, averaging real close to 300 yards per game. His senior wide receiver, Eli Wilson, has racked up 1,600 yards receiving and running back Logan Simmons with over 900 yards rushing. And uh, the Hurricanes come into this championship 12-2. Senior quarterback Joe Owens talked a little bit about their opening loss at Camden County, Georgia, and how that really solidified this Hurricanes team coming out of summer camp into that first loss. And they really have put a, a great team together. Their only region loss came to region title-winning Daniel, who unfortunately got knocked out two weeks ago against the same Ridgeview team that we spoke of a minute ago. Taking a look at the Myrtle Beach Seahawks under head coach Nikki Wilson, they defeated Hartsville last week 28-21. to They are the returning 4A state champions, and they've had three state titles this decade. So that's going to be a big task for Coach Tate and the Hurricanes as the Seahawks come in at 13-0, the Hurricanes 12-2. That matchup will be 6-30. That'll be the nightcap at Williams-Brice this Saturday night on the campus of USC. And we step up to the big 5A matchup 
The Dorman Cavaliers defeat Gaffney. Thought this one was going to be a little bit closer, but the Cavaliers take out the Indians last week 30-6. to Head coach David Gutshaw has his Cavaliers at 14-0, obviously undefeated in region play. The Cavaliers have won two state titles all the way back. Uh, I'm sorry, going back to 2000. They won in 2000 and 2009. This game against the Dutch Sports Silver Foxes is going to be sort of a rematch from 2017. Mark, I don't know if you remember this, but Coach Gutshaw got his team to score what could have been the tying touchdown and decided to go for two against these powerful Silver Foxes. Yesterday in the state press conference, Coach Tom Knott commended uh, his fellow coach in saying he would have gone for two in that game too. Yep. The Cavaliers came up short and lose that game 28-27. to 27. So I tell you what, if it comes down to this same type of situation this year, in fact, they even joked about it a little bit in the presser yesterday. Coach Knott commended Coach Gutshaw, and Coach Gutshaw said, well, hey, I'll do it again this year, but I guarantee you I'm not going to call the same play. So that's a little, <laughs> bit of, uh, a little bit of humor there for the media crowd that was gathered. A, a couple of notes for the upstate on Dutch Fork. I know you know this name. The Silver Foxes come in at 13-0-1. That tie came in their opener against Mallard Creek, 27-27. That game was actually cut short due to weather, and I think the refs just decided, hey, we're tied up. Let's just call it right here. Um, if folks in the upstate don't know much about Coach Tom Knott, he moved down to Dutch Fork from Charlotte, back in 2010 and since then the silver foxes have won four state titles 2013 and then three straight all 5a state titles since south carolina added 5a have been won by dutch fort 2016 17 and 18 so um mark i had the privilege to actually call the game at williams bryce back in 2014 when the hillcrest rams knocked off dutch fort uh, under Coach Greg Porter. Of course, of course, Coach Porter has moved over to Greenville now to coach the Red Raiders. But this is going to be a huge matchup. This one will be at noon at Williams-Brice this Saturday as the Dorman Cavaliers try to take out the Dutch Fort Silver Fox. Mike Vaughn, Mike V, at Mike V from SC on Twitter. Mike, thanks for the rundown on all of this. Can't wait to uh, recap these games next weekend. I'm assuming you'll be all over social media since you'll be going to these games on Friday and Saturday. So everybody get on Twitter, at Mike V from SC, and follow my boy Mike Vaughn, who will deliver his final high school football report of the season next Tuesday night right here on the Mark Childress Show. Mike, my man, thanks. Mark, one final, one final note for you. We can't talk about champions week without honoring coach john mckissick who passed last week yes the all-time winningest coach in football no matter what class you look pro college high school 10 state titles a 78.7 winning percentage recorded 621 wins in his uh let's see how many seasons uh gosh from 1952 to 2014 you can add those up mark 63 <laughs> seasons at Somerville and so a big shout out to coach McKissick and his family they continue to be in our prayers and and Mark you mentioned my Twitter feed I posted a very special 
a post from my good friend Seth Buckley, who was able to participate in Coach McKissick's funeral. And I encourage everyone to go and, and take a look at that, the great life of Coach John McKissick. Great stuff as always, Mike Vaughn. At Mike V from SC on Twitter. Go follow him right now. Mike, uh, have fun this weekend, man. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Mark. Awesome stuff from uh, Mr. Mike Vaughn. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody in the upstate of South Carolina that knows uh, a whole lot more than Mike does about high school football. So it's been an honor to have him on the show with me all this season. Hey, it's also an honor, my presenting sponsor for the Mark Childress Show, our friends at S.H. Carter. If you need a roll-off container, if you need demolition services done, recycling services for all those construction materials you have left over from a project that you might be working on, go and check out my friends at S.H. Carter. Go to shcarterinc.com or give them a call, 864-295-3943. That's shcarterinc.com. All right, coming up on the Mark Childress Show, more college football talk continues. Alex and I have got to talk about that Patriots-Texans game from Sunday night. I've got some theories uh, about the Patriots that I want to pick his brain on a little bit. And uh, we'll have Joseph Talbert from at Clemson Pros on Twitter to talk Clemson players in the NFL coming up. This is the Mark Childress Show.